Okay, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And of course, another Monday, we got Jason Cameron coming in. Uh, he's here to break down the first week of NFL football and USC 279, which was a crazy weekend. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, nothing else really in the world of sports other than those two to talk about. So let's get at it. Uh, yeah, it was great to see you over the weekend. Great to watch UFC with you. That was fun. And um, how was your how was your Sunday? Did you get a chance to see all those great football games? I saw a lot. I saw a lot of them, and it was awesome. It was. It's funny how much you miss it when it's gone. You're yeah. just like, oh, oh. So this is what it feels like when it's back. Like you feel like, like a set, like a warm sense, like like just like oh, I, I've just come home. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've come home, and it, it's just like it's, it's like it's like putting like it's like putting on like a like that your best blanket. You know, and snuggling right. up, and you're like, oh, it feels so good. It feels yeah. so good. <laughs> I know uh, that's such a long stretch uh, in NFL from February all the way to September. It just feels crazy that long. And uh, I mean, this seems like football season is starting to get, you know, darker earlier. It's a little cold in the morning. You know, you expect yeah. the football weather, but, but do, damn, do I miss it? Uh, you know, the preseason just doesn't do it for me whatsoever. I just think it's a complete joke. Uh, but uh, week one, boom, all of a sudden there's just, so much action, so many things to talk about, so much, you know, so many surprising moments. Uh, what a what a day I had! What a great weekend. Uh, USC was fun, and this uh, this week of the NFL was great. So I can't wait to can't wait to break it down with you, man. This is going to be uh, an awesome podcast. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. This is week one. Here we go. It's going to be fantastic. I, yeah, I miss I miss the NFL. I missed you, NFL. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Um, Okay. Uh, I need to dedicate this podcast to a Canadian pioneer legend who passed away yesterday. Elias Theodoru uh, was uh, stricken with liver cancer, uh, did not make the diagnosis public, uh, but uh, lost his battle with the disease yesterday. At 34 years old, um, one of the best Canadian fighters was able to make the UFC through the Ultimate Fighter in 2014. Uh, was eight and three in his UFC career. Um, his second at last fight was uh, recently, this last year in Victoria. Um, one of those great guys that you just uh, know that represented the sport so well. Uh, had tons of pursuits outside of mixed martial arts, but was one of those um, very dedicated guys. Super fun to be around. I'm uh, going to miss Elias and um, lots of tributes uh, that I heard today to him. And um, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to him. Uh, one of those one of those guys that uh, makes Canada look really great, looks, makes mixed martial arts guys look really great, and he will be greatly missed. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's yeah, he'll be greatly missed. Um, he's one heck of a you like a mixed martial arts fighter. His record spoke for itself. I believe he was, I want to say nineteen and three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's 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 so good that I I now question. I'm like, why did the UFC release that guy again? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Weird. Very, yeah, dumb. Yeah. Yeah. They they said uh, he wasn't uh finishing fights. Uh too many went to decision. Um that that was their rationale behind it. Um I think the goal is to win and uh he was doing that uh constantly. He yeah, when he left the UFC, he continued to to keep winning outside in the regional circuit. Um, but, um, yeah, amazingly enough, uh, a guy that's eight and three, 19 and three in his career and he got cut from the UFC. Uh, yeah. Bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I think that was a travesty for sure. Well, yeah. If you consider you pick you, you, so you're going to let a guy like that walk, but you're going to keep a Sam Alvey that goes oh and nine or something Yeah, like that. You're going to, yeah. you're going to yeah. do that. Cool. Good stuff. <laughs> Good. Yeah. 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 Another reason to um yeah, throw a little bit of shade on the UFC and um some yeah. of the business decisions they make are just not not great. And uh yeah, I think uh that was unfair, but um he took it in stride. He kept a smile on his face every day. Um a little bit sad that he didn't let people know so people could tell him how much they loved him before he was gone. But um, some guys uh, just don't don't just don't want to talk about it. Just don't want the public to know. Them, just don't want that sympathy type of thing. They just want people to treat them how they would normally treat them. And um, but uh, at 34, gone too way too soon. And uh, yeah, he he will be massively missed by everyone that he touched uh, in the MMA community and and around the world. Oh yeah, uh, most definitely. He was a fantastic, excellent human being. And uh, it'll be sorely missed and so unfortunate to be taken that young. Yeah. He fought uh, 22 professional fights. Uh, 15 of them were north of the border here. Um, as I mentioned, uh, he won uh, the ultimate fighter to get into the UFC. That was um, the Nations Tournament, which was Canada versus Australia. Uh, it was held uh, in Quebec close to... Um, where he was training. Uh, he's a Mississauga boy and, and um, yeah, fought lots in Ontario. But as I said, fought in Victoria, fought in Calgary, all over Ontario, all over Quebec, uh, really did us proud. And, um, yeah, I, I really was sad when I woke up to that news today. But um, I hope I can do my part by dedicating this to him. And, um, yeah, all his friends and family, uh, our deepest condolences and uh, rest in peace, Elias. Um, yeah, you you really uh, made your mark on this world, and um, yeah, we we'll miss you greatly. Yeah, we will definitely miss you greatly. Um, again, just a fantastic human being, and uh, gone too soon. Yeah, uh, we're doing this podcast uh, as the Seattle Seahawks Denver Broncos game is on. Uh, it. Um, it has been interesting. I've been fast forwarding, trying to watch as much as I could uh, before we're about to hit air. Uh, Seattle is actually winning the game 17-13 as we speak. Uh, Geno Smith has been playing great. I'm uh, super impressed by his performance. Massive boos for Russell Wilson when he came out for the coin toss, when he came out for his first drive. I was really surprised. I didn't think there would be as many people booing. But uh, Russell Wilson returning after 10 years uh, at the helm of the Seattle Seahawks offense and uh, the guy that brought him a Super Bowl, 
but uh, yeah, mercilessly booed him when he took the field tonight. Well, I, I guess it's like, what have you done for me lately? And what Russell did for the Seahawks fans lately is become a turncoat. So you get booed ferociously, <laughs> yeah. badly. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because he did do a lot for the city, you know, like winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Almost winning, too. But by the way, people, I'm not going to blame that on Russell. No. I don't think that one was his fault. No. no. Whatsoever. I think I – think- you know, honestly, both people should be just thrilled at that arrangement. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson was not highly touted coming out of uh, out of uh, college. Uh, he was drafted 75th overall in the third round. Not a lot of people expected the kind of production he put on. 113 wins, including playoffs for him. Uh, as you mentioned, that Super Bowl victory should have had two in a row if they handed it to Marshawn Lynch. And, um, yeah, and, and even maybe more success if they surrounded him with a proper offensive line, if they would have, uh, you know, been able to keep that Legion of Boom together as well as some of those weapons that he had over the years. Uh, uh, you know, I think the I think the management sort of let Russell Wilson down and the fans down because I think that could have been a juggernaut. I think they could have probably won three or four Super Bowls in that area that that he was there. Um, but you know, as I said, uh, they did a lot for him. Uh, most NFL franchises never looked at a guy that small, thought he could be an NFL quarterback gave, they gave him an opportunity and, and, you know, he might've had to turn to baseball as he got drafted into baseball too. Um, yeah, I think he paved the way for that, uh, smaller, uh, more shifty quarterback too. Yeah. Like for the smaller archetype of quarterback, like the shiftiness, like a Kyler Murray and stuff like that. Where they no, those guys are getting a look and they're getting a chance because uh, you know at the end of the day, if you're skilled, you're skilled. If you're talented, you're talented. It will always show through on the field, the play, and uh, Russell's uh, talent and skill definitely did all of those things. Yeah, um, they there was a lot of talk in the media <laughs> that the Seahawks couldn't afford him anymore. He was starting to make too much money, and they couldn't keep a lot of the pieces around him and. Once he was gone, they would be able to fortify the you know the whole offensive line and give Geno Smith, the new uh, starting quarterback, that opportunity. Uh, I saw a stat tonight that said the Seahawks offense are the first team to start a rookie at left tackle and right tackle in an opener since 2009. The Jacksonville Jaguars tried that. Uh, they drafted Charles Cross ninth overall and Abraham Lucas in the third round. And they're starting these guys, and they're hoping that Geno Smith can come in now behind these two rookie tackles and, and you know, do the job that they want him to do. They're sort of throwing him to the Wolves even worse than they've done for Russell Wilson over those 10 years. You know what would have been better? This is just I'm just throwing this out there just as a thought. Whole offensive line, rookies. Just, just try it. Yeah, just, just give it a shot. But whatever. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all new, brand new, and then so that they get to learn together. Your quarterback's going to, you know, get slaughtered. But <laughs> that offensive line, give it four years, your quarterback's probably not going to survive. But they're going to be very good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm kind of wondering if they're tanking the season. They're just deciding, no, we're going to have a 
we're going to get a, a young draft uh, pick quarterback that we can get under a rookie contract, pay him very, very minimal, so, uh, fortify lots of guys around him, offense, defense, and, and see if we can go at it that way. Just uh, completely tank. But uh, Geno Smith had a great drive, his first drive. I was super impressed. He found Tyler Lockett. He found DK Metcalf, handed the ball off well to Rashad Penny, uh, made a really nice play on the touchdown pass to Will Disley. He got out of trouble, found uh, an opening, found Disley, who, who who had worked his way into uh, the open field. And and I've, I've so far been, like, very impressed with what, what Geno's done. And uh, as I said, they're, they're winning. Oh, everybody said Seahawks are going to get killed tonight going to get killed this entire year and um yeah much to the uh love of the seahawk fans the 12th man as they always call themselves uh they're, they're ahead 17 13 i still can't believe it i was one of those naysayers that said they are going to be slaughtered it's going to be bloody it's like it's going to be like game of thrones red wedding it's just like oh oh like you just want to avert your eyes but you can't because <laughs> it's, just, it's just so bad so I, I I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them credit where credit's due. They're winning the game, which I thought would be kind of like you know impossible. So yeah. uh, <laughs> he hit his first 13 passes. Uh, he is 21 for 25, 191 yards and two TD passes. Uh, he also has a run for 14 on two two runs. Uh, Kobe Parkinson and Will Disley both have the touchdown catches. Um, DK has already made seven catches tonight and, uh, yeah, I, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, they're running the ball well with Rashad Penny, who's averaging 5.3 yards per rush, 11 carries for 58 yards. And, uh, that's always been Pete Carroll. What he wants is just run, 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 and then have an occasional pass. And, uh, uh, Denver is right knocking on the, uh, goal line, though, uh, third and goal, right down uh, maybe one yard line, trying to go ahead. Russell Wilson uh, has just passed right to the edge of the end zone. Not quite in, but uh, looks like they're on the verge of scoring. Uh, but, it, yeah, as I said, third and goal, it looks like. So I'll keep you updated. Okay. So, they're hey, they could be winning. They could be winning. Yeah. One more play, so that so then then I would be right, <laughs> right. Even, though, even though it's still too way too close. The, yeah, I mean it's three minutes left in the third, so lots of football to go. Lots of football to go. Yeah. Oh, they stuffed him. Oh, it was a fumble. Seahawks recovered. <laughs> wow, in the end zone, Seahawks recovered. Carroll oh. celebrating like it's Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, like Christmas come early. <laughs> like, Pete I know what Pete Carroll's thinking. It's like we're winning. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. This is yeah. great. I heard I heard guys today say uh they want it. This is the only game they want the Seahawks to win this year. Just stuff <laughs> in Russell Wolf's face, lose the rest, get the top number one overall draft pick, <laughs> and go on. So uh yeah, they might get their wish. Uh holy cow, look at Pete Carroll, oldest coach in the NFL, and he's doing a jig on the sideline looking. <laughs> Looking happy, happy, happy. Well, you know what? As long as he he, he doesn't have a jammer or anything, like, you know, he's the old yeah. man needs to calm it down a little bit. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the uh, Peyton cast, the Manning cast, I guess they call it, uh, Peyton and Eli. 
They had uh, Shannon Sharp was coming up. Uh, they had Joel McHale. A few guys uh, popping in. Um, I, I I love that. Uh, they're making some cool comments. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun to watch that. I usually watch it after we finish our podcast. I go back and flip through it. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. I'm glad they're doing that. And, and as we uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the Gronkowskis are doing it for UFC. And, and um, yeah, I think something that me and you should try. Uh, watching the game and doing some commentary too. I think it would be really fun. Yeah, because like, and I I understand the idea behind it because it's just kind of like you know like guys talking like as they would in the living room watching a game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Except except <laughs> the major difference is those are two Hall of Famers and one Super Bowls. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They yeah. kind of know a lot about the game. That's so. true. Yeah. Yeah. Their resume is a little deeper than yours and mine, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but cool. still, and, and they, I'm sure they pull a lot of uh, fantastic guests too. That uh, yeah, might be a little more challenging for you and I. No, nah, a little bit more challenging, but you know what? That's okay because yeah. I, I just, I love the fact that like the networks were brave enough to try something new. Yeah, and, and then that, and it works. It worked well, yeah. and also too, they were savvy and smart enough to say, well, it's going to have to be certain people that could probably pull that off maybe those two guys the yeah two brothers, so. I hear you. yeah exactly that that was that was smart uh they had you know they had started getting a bunch of um notoriety through commercials and appearance on saturday night live and yeah you know, a lot of fun things and uh and peyton's been uh very active out there since he retired for sure so yeah it was smart um i was started to check into russell wilson's uh, baseball career and see that if he never did make it, Seattle didn't draft him. Nobody gave him a real shot. Uh, you know, we've seen that before with other quarterbacks, just not giving, getting a shot and see if he, um, you know, was uh, a, a guy that could have made it in baseball. Um, he was drafted uh, in the 41st round when he first came around. Did you know that there was, did you even know there was 41 rounds in baseball? Uh, the most amazing thing I found was um, there was actually up to 50 rounds uh, in baseball uh, in in 2010. In 20, 2007, when he got drafted, he was drafted 1,222nd overall. And uh, so, yeah, not, not highly touted there in baseball either kind of a an afterthought uh he decided not to sign and not to uh pursue it at that moment um three years later he was drafted again after his senior uh, year in baseball he made it up to the fourth round 140th overall in 2010 um but yeah there was uh 50 rounds in 2007 1453 guys got their name called on that day uh, uh wow. now it's down to 20 rounds in the, the last draft 612 players but um jesus christ 50 rounds like uh that that's that doesn't mean as much as i thought to be drafted in the uh in mlb uh you know i i think um you know they're kidding. yeah that's like 1500 guys a year that was uh crazy back then that that's nuts and also too 
has it always been like that? Like, like every year it's variables. It goes fifty rounds. Yeah, dump down to thirty. Then go up to four. Like that. That's I. I. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that. I. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I think most leagues uh, really had it high for many years, and then they realized, you know, this is this is dumb. Like the NBA yeah. was, you know, four, five, six rounds. I think now they're down to just two. Um, you know, most leagues have have whittled whitt, uh, whittled it down to less and less and less. But but um, yeah, forty uh, first round. I was like. 41st round. I, I can't remember that it was up that high up into 50 rounds. That's pretty, pretty crazy. I'd love to see that, uh, you know, what happened to those last guys in that 50th round, uh, how, how long their baseball careers ended. Uh, it would be kind of cool to find out who's the, who's the lowest drafted uh, MLB player ever to make it to the, to the big show. Yeah. Yeah. Find out who that was. And then you're just like, wait, wait, that was Derek Jeter. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, oh, man. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real diamond in the rough, that guy. <laughs> yeah. That, they dropped him when he was four years old. <laughs> Real diamond in the rough. Yeah. I saw him hit a home run over the, the park fence there. I had to run up and Throw his name up uh, that yeah. day. I was. I knew he was going to be be good. Yeah, I know. That's why I became his agent right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, yesterday's NFL. Uh, man, uh, lots to cover. Uh, a lot of incredible games. Um, I guess I kind of want to start with last night's game, the Sunday nighter, Tampa Bay, Dallas. And uh, Tampa Bay came out, really didn't didn't do amazing on offense, but their defense was just stifling, absolutely shut down the Cowboys, who were a playoff team last year, were expected to go very far this year, uh, immediately just stuffed three points, absolutely. Doc Prescott looked terrible. That whole offense looked really bad. And but the most brutal news was Dak Prescott was injured, uh, injured his thumb enough to have surgery today. He's out uh, eight to ten weeks, they say, with this thumb injury. And um, they're, I, I think they're, they're sunk. They're sunk. Like after <laughs> week one, that's it. I think we can say Dallas is, is sunk this year. I, I, I doubt they're going to even make the playoffs. Well, you know what. For for Dak, maybe it's actually maybe it's a good thing because his offensive line looks all out of sorts. All right. And no. and also too, it didn't seem like he had any sort of rapport with his like receivers no. at all. No. Not not even CD Lamb. Like I think CD Lamb only had like three catches. Yeah. And the most that anybody had was uh Schultz, Schultzy, yeah. seven seven receptions for 62 yards. Like it, it, their 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 offense was anemic, it was awful. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, ten carries, fifty-two yards, man. Like it, and on top of that, like you said, the Bucks defense—you got to give them credit where credits due. Shaq Barrett and Devin White were in the backfield, just messing up the pocket the entire the entire night. No, they, was, they were causing havoc back there. Those two guys were on it. That was super impressive defense, man. They uh, they just stifled them. They 
and they, they didn't have any holes. They were putting the pressure on Dak and just shut them down. Just it was a masterful performance defensively. Tom Brady just, you know, had an average game, didn't really, you know, didn't make any mistakes, but uh, just a, you know, an average game for him. Uh, only threw with one touchdown and had a couple hundred yards passing, but uh, Leonard Fournette was, um, you know, very, very crucial for them. They just canned them the ball. I think he might've got maybe the most carries out of anybody yesterday, uh, you know, and was able to get 127 yards on 21 carries. Um, Evans had that touchdown uh, catch that he made in the end zone was, was awesome. Uh, you know, he's, he's such a incredible force, but, um, but yeah, the Dallas looked tor- terrible. They are uh, bottom of their division. All, all three other teams in that division won. And uh, I think, um, you know, we can kind of count on them being down there near the, at the bottom uh, maybe this whole entire year now. Yeah, there, it's not looking good. It's just, it's just not looking good for them. Not looking good for them at all. But there's one other player I want to mention for the Bucks, who looked really good sure. all of a sudden. Yeah, I, and we haven't seen him look really good for a while, and that was Julio Jones. Julio, yeah, Julio Jones yeah. looked fantastic. It almost looked like, wait, I get to play with this guy? Oh, the guy that destroyed me, took my heart in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Well, let's let's see. Is, is he that good? I guess he is that good. He yeah. is that good. Yeah, man. Like, uh, he like Julio looked fantastic. Yeah, it was like a resurgence to his career. Um, you know, gets out of purgatory in Atlanta and all of a sudden, wow. Uh one of the touch or one of the catches that he made, I couldn't believe how fast he was flying down the sideline. Like uh, I don't know, I think they clocked him like some crazy thing, like he was going 30 miles an hour or something. It was uh yeah, I don't know. For a for a guy that's been sort of written off the last couple of years, um, really looked fantastic. Yeah, you look you look great. Like, like it, it's almost like, hey, I got to play with like the goat, the real goat. So I think I'm gonna be, I think we're gonna be really good this year. Yeah, I just have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing, very very incredible performance. Um, why don't we stick in that NFC East and talk about the other three teams that got victories? Uh, the Eagles. Uh, we talked about on our preview last week heading in here. Uh, Jalen Hurts is gonna be a guy. Look out, Eagles are really really solid they made some amazing pickups and um yeah they did not disappoint uh detroit actually had a really huge comeback near the end and and almost tied this and uh you know shocked the world but um yeah eagles were able to put up 38 points and get a get a very very big first week victory yeah and you know the eagles were able to do that because the lions couldn't stop two people one jalen hurts the other guy, AJ Brown. Yeah. AJ Brown's gonna be fantastic for that offense. I think he's exactly what they needed because uh-huh. Jalen Hurts found that guy over and over and over again. Ten yeah. receptions, 155 yards. Yeah, I think that's his new best buddy for yeah. sure. Oh man. I I can't believe Tennessee would ever have given up on AJ Brown. That was just shocking news in the offseason there. Just did not believe that um yeah, anybody would ever get rid of such a massive force and uh Jalen Hurts is just uh just uh, licking his lips licking his chops um uh Jalen had a pretty good game uh you know pat uh, throwing the ball but 
Look, look at you know, he had 90 yards on the ground with 17 carries and a touchdown. Like, uh, you know, the dual threat that he brings is just so tough for defenses to scheme against. And uh, man, uh, that was uh, incredible performance by him. Yeah, fantastic, incredible performance. And also, too, he's got a he's got a great running mate in the back there with his running back and Sanders with 13 carries, 96 yards himself, and a touchdown. Yeah, four. So they got one public. They had four touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, wow, that's, uh, you know, if you, you're going to win a lot of football games if you're getting four rushing touchdowns in a game. Yeah, you're going to win a ton of football games. That Their rushing attack might just be the best in the NFL. Yeah, 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 incredible. Um, the Lions, um, Jared Goff played pretty good. Uh, you know, not bad at all. DeAndre Swift had a, a phenomenal game, uh, you know, averaging 9.6 Yards per carry, 15 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams had two touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, and then the other cool thing that came out was that uh, Amon, uh, Amon Raw St. Brown got a touchdown two minutes apart from his brother. Uh, they they scored touchdowns two minutes apart when uh, in the real actual timeline. Uh, very cool. Uh, for the family and uh, neat for a lot of broadcasters to say, holy cow, two brothers scoring touchdowns two minutes apart in totally different games far, far away from each other. Yeah, no, that that's actually pretty awesome. And also <laughs> too, the, the fact that I didn't realize that his brother played in the league. I did not know yeah. that. that Equ- that's cool. Uh, yeah, his name's a tough one. It's Equinemius, I think you have to say. Oh. Equinemius, yeah. Okay, okay. You know when I saw that name, I was just like, I looked at it. I go, I don't think I can pronounce that. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that that's is. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's, that's a, a brutal one. one. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty neat. I thought that was cool. But um, yeah, the Eagles have really, really just done an amazing job getting, uh, as you say, you know, getting some and, and phenomenal, phenomenal guys uh, to come in there and and uh, solidify that offense. Man, um, AJ Brown. Uh, you know, he he's like DK Metcalf. Uh, that's just a guy that just is, is just a dog on a bone. When that ball goes up, he's bringing it down. He is getting his yardage. Um, you know, it must be just so nice to be able to have a guy like that on your team. And, you know, when you're throwing him the ball, he's he's bringing it down. Yeah. Like just having a true number one receiver, a true high end top of the line, uh, top of the food chain receiver. Yeah. Um, and that's what he ha- now has, and that's what the offense sorely needed, which is amazing because I guess the Titans felt like, we don't need you. We've never needed you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so weird. Yeah, very weird. Uh, I don't get it. But, um, yeah, good on the Eagles for uh, getting him. And, and uh, yeah, that's a massive, massive get. I think the Eagles – Fans and the organization is going to be thrilled for years to come. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, Commanders. Uh, they got a big victory, 28-22 uh, over the Jags, and a good way to start the year for them. Uh, Carson Wentz had a big, big day through the air, uh, 313 yards, four touchdowns. He threw a couple picks, and he's he's been pretty bad for turnovers the last few years, but um, he – uh, he, he looked pretty solid. Was able to get out uh, and uh, get get up on uh, on the Jags. The Jags were leading 
Uh, early, uh, commanders had to make a comeback and get the win. Yeah, yeah, the commanders did well in, on the comeback. Uh, the running back, Gibson, had a great game. 14 carries, 58 yards, and then seven receptions for 72 yards. Yeah. So, so he had a fantastic game. McLaurin had, like, two receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. But then going on to the rookie side of things for the commanders, uh, Trayvon Walker. He was the first rookie since 2017 to debut with an interception and a sack for wow. his NFL debut. And I awesome. thought that was pretty cool. That's really neat. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gibson. Yeah. What a dual threat. You know, we mentioned the uh, other guys earlier, um, you know, to be able to get to, you know, the ball 20, 21 times and uh, pile up, uh, you know, 140 yards, uh, pretty, very impressive. Uh, Curtis Samuel also had a great game uh, running the ball and, uh, you know, getting eight, eight catches for a touchdown there too. Um, yeah. The commanders looked good. Uh, Jags, you know, they're, they they had a horrible year last year. They're going to be better than they were last year, but I think they're still a year or two away from uh, being one of those teams that we look at um, in, you know, on the playoff hunt. Yeah. They're, they're, they still got some work to do. Um, but you know, like as just as long as Lawrence keeps progressing, keeps getting better like, year after year, they'll get there eventually. They yeah. They made some good pickups, uh, I think, uh, on the offense um, for receivers. Christian Kirk was a big, good grab from the cards. Zay Jones out of uh, Vegas and uh, Marvin Jones, they got. Uh, Christian Kirk had a good game with six catches, 117 yards. Uh, James Robinson, I really like him. He's a great running back. And I, I think, um, yeah, they're fine. But uh, commanders get a win and uh, be one of those three teams in the NFC East that get victory. Uh, the Giants were able to pull out a win. Uh, we talked about Saquon Barkley, and uh, we said, I think he's going to be back. Uh, I think he's going to be fully healthy. And, uh, wow, did he ever have a phenomenal game. Uh, he was able to get that two-pointer with about a minute left for them to uh, pull up the win. Uh, luckily, uh, they there, there was a missed field goal right at the end. But, uh, they they um, yeah, they start 1-0 and, and, and um, yeah, keep pace with the other two. Uh, teams in the division and the Giants have not been good for a few years. So uh, good to see for the G-Men. Yeah. Good to see for the G-Men and great to see for Barkley that, you know, like he's just reminding people that, nope, still pretty good. Yeah. Actually not just pretty good, really good because he's the reason he carried that team in the second half. They were down by 13, 13, nothing. Yeah. And he's right. the one that brought them all the way back. So, yeah, man, uh, you, you got to give him props props to do. And Barkley had, he had a phenomenal game. 18 carries, 164 yards, one touchdown, six receptions for 30 yards. Like, he, he did everything. Yeah. He did everything that needed to be done. Yeah, and that two-pointer, which, uh, you know, was the, you know, was the key to, you know, finally getting him over the top. And, and I love the coach being able to just say, hey, set a tie in it. Let's just go for the victory. One minute left. We're getting this two-pointer. Uh, it seemed like uh, his, you know, his whole team super appreciated him. Just saying, hey man, let's just go for it. Forget, forget the tie. I, I, I want to get this win. Yeah, and also too, him showing confidence in his, uh, in his players. Yeah. And I, I believe that you guys can get this done. I, I believe that we're going to win this game. And I, I obviously, when you do that, it takes a lot of stones. But they got the stones, man, and. 
I, I love the fact that, that if that's a change in their philosophy, then I hope it's something that stays. I hope it sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's the NFC East. Uh, we talked a little bit about the NFC West because the Seahawks uh, are in the NFC West. Uh, Seahawks currently are leading the NFC West at zero and zero because the <laughs> other three teams all lost. So uh, very surprised that we would see the Seahawks in first place at any point this year, but they currently uh, occupy first place. Um, the Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers all lost. Um, I kind of guess I want to start with the cards. Uh, they were vastly overmatched with the Kansas City Chiefs. It was not a close game at all. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, said, hey, I told you we didn't need Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, who? We didn't need him. <laughs> I never even heard of that guy. Ah, I'm, I, I, I never needed anybody. Hey, we got what we need. We're going to win. Look out. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. He didn't say that, but <laughs> but he, he really wanted to show that, I think. And uh, he sure did. Five touchdown passes. Uh, man, that offense juggernaut was looking great against the Cardinals here. They just, just steamrolled the other team. They, they yeah. literally steamrolled them. Mahomes yeah. just said, you know, I think I'm just going to have my, one of my classic games here. Just going to throw for five touchdowns. Sixth time I've done that in my career, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're just going to destroy you. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> yeah, man, it looked uh, super impressive. I loved it. Um, yeah, great to see Kelsey have such a good start to the season. I had him in my uh, DraftKings, and, man, he looked uh, phenomenal. I was super happy I picked him. Uh, I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well, who had two touchdowns uh, in the air and had a great game on the ground. And uh, this Isaiah Pacheco, um, do you remember Ferdy Pacheco, the fight doctor? Uh, I think there's some – do you remember him at all? Yeah, Uh, I I do. I do. Yeah, there's some relation there, I heard. Uh, he had a great, um, great first game of his rookie career. Was able to get the touchdown. Uh, in his excitement, he threw the ball against the stands and started dancing and celebrating. And Mahomes made sure that he ran over, got that ball, so he could put it in his home on his mantle. First NFL touchdown. Really cool moment to see Mahomes thinking enough that, hey man, this is this this is this kid's first touchdown ever. We we got to make sure that we get the ball and. And he did so, and uh, I thought it was cool. Well, it's just a, it's just another testament to why that guy's a great leader and a great teammate. Yeah. Like, it's like he's he's thinking ahead. He's thinking for his teammates' benefit, and especially if you're a rookie and it's your first. That's a big deal. Yeah, you're always gonna remember that. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Nice memento. You know, some some guys only play one game. He could get injured in practice this week, and that would be it. That'd be it. Yeah. Some guys have one touchdown in the NFL, and and uh, to not be able to have that ball, but to be able to have that ball, even if you have a great career, be able to just point and say, that was the first time you wouldn't believe the feeling I got when I entered the end zone for the first time in my career. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool that Mahomes thought of that right away and made sure he got that ball for the young man. So uh, again, just showing off his incredible leadership skills that we all know he has. Uh, it's obviously super hard to replace uh, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, one of the fastest players to NFL history. But um, to get Juju Smith-Schuster, 
and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, those two guys, uh, you know, were really good pieces, uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh and Green Bay. And, uh, you know, it was uh, very savvy for the that management team to be able to get two guys that have some experience and, uh, you know, just needed some balls thrown on them. Uh, both of them played great. And I think, um, yeah, Mahomes uh, was really happy to have them. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess the five touchdowns kind of proved that. And then uh, the fact that um, Mahomes is – one of the best, yeah. and he's happy. Like I, I don't know what happened to Murray. Murray had himself an all right game. Yeah, but but you know, like I guess Mahomes had a better game because he, maybe he's happier with his contract. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I do feel a little bit for Kyler Murray. Uh, three of his top receivers uh, have been out this year. Rondale Moore just got hurt with a hamstring injury this uh, this past week. Um, obviously DeAndre Hopkins with the suspension is out, uh, big miss there, but Hollywood Brown came in and, uh, got a touchdown in his first game. I think, uh, once they get on the same page, uh, you know, uh, with, um, I, I could see him doing really well. Um, I, you know, the, James Connor, I think is a, is a big weapon there. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't count the Cardinals out. I know, you know, overreaction Monday, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, cards, look terrible they're gonna have a terrible year uh it's just one loss against a very very good chiefs team yeah a very very good chiefs team indeed but let's be honest overreaction second week guards are bums my <laughs> goodness can't do anything no i'm kidding i'm kidding but yeah. hey um we'll, we'll see what the cards do and how they bounce back for the next week yeah. but uh, right now the chiefs Chiefs are looking like world beaters right now. Yeah. Cardinals play the Raiders uh, next week, so we'll see how they do. Uh, okay, Rams are also in the NFC West, 0-1. Uh, they lost 31-10 against Buffalo on Thursday, kick off the NFL season. Um, Bills looked phenomenal. It was 10-10 at the half, and then uh, Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills juggernaut uh, got 21 points to close out that big victory and um yeah uh you know defending champion rams they looked uh you know a little lost uh von miller really stuck it to him he uh was there last year won the super bowl with them uh they should have kept him around because he really hurt them on thursday night yeah yeah he he certainly did he was he was a terror in the backfield there uh against uh against his former team um and and the reason the Rams didn't look so good was it looked like there was only Cooper Cup out there for Stafford to throw to, and nobody else. Yeah, no, like yeah. nobody else is out there <laughs> to help him out. Cup was awesome as usual, thirteen receptions, one hundred twenty-eight yards, one touchdown. But unfortunately, that was the only touchdown they had. Yeah, that's it. That was it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Josh Allen had a phenomenal game. Uh, he did throw a couple picks, but. Uh, you know, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, and 56 yards on the ground with another touchdown. That stiff arm he gave uh, the corner on the sideline, uh, big mismatch there. He just shoved the guy out of his way. Uh, uh, quarterbacks aren't supposed to do that, but uh, Josh Allen is a different beast. It's a grown man move. That's why I like to call that. It's a grown man move on a little boy. You shoved him to the ground like, like, like you, <laughs> yeah. you bullied him. Like, like yeah. I was like, I'm a bigger brother. 
And there you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. how you play the game, son. That's how you play the game. <laughs> yeah, that was that was impressive. And um, yeah, he's got he's got his weapons. Uh, Stefan Diggs had a great game, 122 yards on eight catches and a TD. Uh, Gabe Davis had a touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie as well. And that that defense, they looked phenomenal. I was uh, blown away by their effort and how much they shut down the the Rams. And um, yeah, Bills Bills are one of the favorites to take it all this year. I think everybody's right in assessing them and uh, look out um, the NFC. I think uh, yeah, they're uh, sorry AFC. I think uh, they're on a on an incredible rise through this year for sure. Uh yeah, they're 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 looking great. They're looking fantastic and. If they, they keep on this streak, well, maybe we'll have another classic in the playoffs. Yeah. But maybe this time the Bills can get through. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, 49ers, uh, they hold up the rear of the NFC West. Um, they went into an absolute monsoon in Chicago. And uh, so people are willing to give them a little bit of a pass. Uh, very, very tough conditions um i could not believe how bad the rain was coming down near the end of that game just uh buckets we haven't seen that uh, you know since uh i don't know when but jesus that was tough and uh trey lance um uh you know he just didn't really wasn't really able to get much going in his first nfl nfl start uh in this current season yeah it was again weather was tough Tough for a rookie quarterback to try to get stuff going. Now, it it wasn't bad. 13 24 yards, one touchdown, 13 carries for 54 yards. But, like, the conditions were just rough. Like, I believe in that game, um, I, I, I want to say, I think it was the kicker for the 49ers where they tried to – he tried to use the towel to mop up, yeah. like, the water. That was on funny, the yeah. Yeah, yeah and so – so he's doing that. I go, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's cool. Whatever. And then he got called for like a, like a penalty. Thing. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. you could do that. Yeah. No, he got the flag on that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he it wasn't going to probably do too much, <laughs> too help, much. but at least, no. uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a drier spot. But uh, yeah, that was kind of funny when he, he brought out the towel there. He, I, I I knew that rule. If some somebody else tried that in a in a snow game, but uh, yeah, it was it was brutal. Uh, yeah, that, I, I I love watching games like that. It might it must suck playing games like that though. Yeah, unless like you know, I've always thought to myself, I think defense likes playing in games like that more than offense. Yeah, because like the defense um, is like, oh, I love it being dirty because I'm just gonna hit you harder. And then the offense is like, okay, this guy sucks. It feels like I'm running in quicksand. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, the Bears celebration when they were just running and just sliding when they won the <laughs> game. Uh, looked like kids on a slip and slide. It was pretty hilarious. And uh, yeah. Trey Lance, you know, I, hard to judge him on this game. Uh, I thought, I think, you know, he's a weapon. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, also, you know, incredible weapon. Uh, it really looked like Debo was out the door in this offseason. Somehow they mended the fences, gave him a lot of money, and uh, he's back. Uh, that dual threat guy that uh, rushes as much as he catches the ball, um, uh, pretty tough. Uh, he, um, yeah, he, he played pretty good, but you know, man, it, it just that game was 
just the, the conditions just are, aren't going to lend to a, a high quality game. No, no, no. That's a, that's that's the kind of game where the, your defense is going to win you that game. Yeah. It's not going to be your offense because of just uh, the inclement weather. Yes, yeah. it's, it's going to be a factor, huge factor. Totally, yeah. Okay, let's uh, fly into the NFC North. Uh, two teams, one and zero. Two teams, zero and one. Packers start off again, zero and one. After last year, they had an absolute horrible start to the season, and um, yeah, they they won thirteen games. And uh, Aaron Rodgers gets MVP. Uh, this one, they looked really bad in losing to the Vikings, uh, who are one and zero. Nice divisional matchup. Great for the Vikings to win 23-7. Uh, shut down Aaron Rodgers and uh, made him say that, uh, yeah, my receiving core, uh, a little inexperienced. They're going to make mistakes. We got patience right now, but patience is going to get a lot thinner as the season goes on. So you know why he says it like that? Because his patience has already run dry. <laughs> like, yeah. like Rodgers is saying yeah. the right things. But yeah. unfortunately for him, it's like, nope, my patience is already done. Uh, and he's probably in the back of his mind also wondering, so why'd you get rid of my, my receiver that I liked? You yeah. know, that dude that's one of the best in the league. So you just let him go, eh? Uh, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Not, not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was, uh, yeah, saying that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, uh, what the heck are we doing here? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't seem like if you're going to hand him $50 million a year, you want to rebuild on your uh re- receivers that doesn't make sense to me no it, it doesn't especially with the rapport that they had which mm. was great you know like, like, yeah. like where rogers was like well at least i had that guy to depend on oh wait i don't have him this season <laughs> oh, oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> strange yeah brutal very strange yeah uh yeah it was it was crazy very first throw of the game uh he throws it to his new wide receiver christian watson who he has been Complimenting in the preseason, right in his hands, dropped the ball. Oh, man. It was a sign of things to come. And, um, yeah, Vikings were happy that, um, yeah, they their receiving core weren't catching anything. Kirk Cousins looked good. And um, that Justin Jefferson, man, what a game. He, uh, you know, he's just getting better and better. 184 yards on nine catches with two touchdowns. Uh, you know, one of the best games of the day for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin Jefferson just he, – he terrorized the Packers' uh, secondary. And I'm sure – I'm sure Rodgers is looking going, I could use a guy like that. <laughs> oh, wait, I had a guy like that. Nutty. Yeah, nutty. So, yeah, so Vikings uh, start off great. Uh, we mentioned the Bears winning, so both of them are 1-0. and um, And we've mentioned the Lions and Packers – uh, Lions and Packers 0-1 up at the bottom. Uh, let's talk about the NFC South. Um, two teams 1-0, two teams 0-1. Uh, Saints pulled out a victory uh, 27-26 over the Falcons. Um, Falcons uh, looked like they had this. I was like, oh my God, Atlanta's going to come out of the gate with a victory? Uh, they were ahead most of this game, but Jameis Winston was able to come back and pull this one out right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. They lost. Um, I had my reservations where I'm like, that looks really good, but 
And I always have that butt with the Falcons now because it's like, it, it, it just seems to me that after they lost that Super Bowl, like the team and the organization never recovered. Yeah. They just, just never recovered. Like they just kind of lost their mojo. Like everything yeah. was just like, 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 like Weird, Brady yeah. psychologically destroyed them. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's weird. Yeah. Because, yeah, they just have fallen off a cliff ever since. And, um, yeah, that, that, you know, amazing comeback by the Bucks and Brady. Um, yeah. It just seemed to really hurt this organization. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I was, uh, you know, getting, I kept getting the scores, uh, through the early part of the day and thinking, oh, man, good, good on the Falcons, uh, pulling this out here. Um, but, um, Winston had a great game and, and yes. came back uh Taysom Hill as well um you know that uh, that guy uh when he gets the ball um yeah look out he he's a he's a force uh was you know very impressive to get uh four rushes 81 yards and a touchdown yards. yeah yeah <laughs> that's pretty awesome uh when you have a quarterback that's uh that good uh running the ball like he's he's I, like I love the fact that they can just call upon his number and be like okay Winston you're gonna kind of do the passing but you're you're gonna run like a running back and pass sometimes not yeah. really that much but yes yeah. you'll have that option and I, it works yeah. clearly it's working for them right yeah. Hill four carries eighty one yards Kamara didn't have that great a game nine carries for thirty nine yards but you still have Alvin Kamara in the back there yeah. right yeah and also too I want to say ah there's a Michael Thomas sighting yes Thomas. he's back yeah missed all of last year um you know he he was so phenomenal uh over the last few years before missing all last year with injuries uh two years uh you know since his last touchdown two touchdowns yesterday uh he must have just been over the moon uh it's so tough to miss a whole entire season in the NFL your short your career short is an, uh, enough. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, great to see him, uh, you know, back and he, he looked great yesterday. He looked great. He looked fantastic. And, and he, he scored those touchdowns in the fourth quarter where they needed them the most. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Pressure and, situation. You can still count on that guy. And Jarvis Landry, huge pickup uh, out of the dolphins, uh, had a great game, seven catches, 114 yards. And, uh, yeah, when that deal was made, I was uh, thinking, wow, very impressive move on the saints part and um yeah they uh they they, they showed it uh marcus morietta didn't have too bad of a game uh cordell patterson man that guy is uh, a force and he had a great game um but yeah i think there's some tough days ahead for this falcons team yeah yeah it's, there's gonna be tough days tough nights tough months tough years <laughs> yeah. yeah uh the only uh team we haven't talked about in the entire nfc is the panthers and uh this was um baker mayfield's uh revenge game he was gonna come back and he was gonna stuff it into cleveland's face and tell them uh they messed up getting rid of him and not going with him and uh yeah kind of fell off uh, Cleveland got the big win, and uh, yeah, Baker was left with his tail between his legs, uh, wasn't able to get the victory here. No, he wasn't. He came close, came yeah. close, but just not close enough, unfortunately. Uh, he, you know what? It's get, he had an all right game 16 27, 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and then he even had a rushing touchdown, too, as well. 
But um, unfortunately for him, the Browns did enough to get that win. And on top of that, their rushing attack is still tops in the league. You got Nick Chubb in there, 22 carries on 41 yards. And then Kareem Hunt, 11, 11 carries, 46 yards, one touchdown, and then one another touchdown through the air. Like, yeah. I, they got yeah. a one heck of a backfield. Amazing backfield there. Yeah, yeah. It must be must be very, very nice for them to know they can hand it, hand it to such great guys. Um, uh, we got a minute left in this uh, Monday nighter. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are still winning, 17-16. Um, Denver is uh, fourth down. Uh, I'll try to get the yardage for you here. I'm going to put the volume up so we can listen a little bit in. And uh, let's see. Oh, fourth and five. Uh, Denver with uh, 45 seconds on the clock, and the clock is ticking. Uh, let's see where they are. They look like they're about midfield. And uh, the 12th man for the Seahawks is roaring, roaring, roaring. Uh, Hail Mary. Had a few uh, delay of games penalties uh, in this game. Uh, yeah, they're about the 46-yard line here. Oh, uh, Russell Wilson with one second left on the play clock, took a timeout. Uh, 20 seconds left on the clock. And uh, fourth and five. Wow, Seattle might pull off this massive upset. Let's see what uh, Denver cooks up for their play on fourth and five. Holy cow! I, I think I, I think I can guess. Hail Mary! <laughs> Going end zone. Going deep. <laughs> what was that? What was that play called? Where uh, they had the Monday nighter and uh, Russell Wilson threw it down into the end zone, and one of the officials waved it off. And one official oh, said it was a catch. Yeah. And it was it was the replacement officials. Jokes. And, yeah, and the very next day they signed a deal with him because it was such a joke. Yeah, I forget what that play was called. It was something something crazy, but yeah, yeah, because it wasn't a touchdown. Oh, they're going for a field goal here, sixty-four yarder, and it's wide left. Seattle. Oh, there's a flag on the play. What the heck? Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. Uh-oh. Oh, I think they I tried to ice him, called the timeout. Wait. What, what's going on? Uh, uh-oh. Pete Carroll called the timeout, and they were out of timeouts. Oh. They might get a first down off of this. Yes. Way to go, Pete. He forgot where he was or what game he was doing. Oh no, it's still uh yeah, it's still up 64 yarder. Oh, okay. Todd McManus. Hopefully it's windy there. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It looks it's no good. No, he missed it again. Wide left. Okay. Seattle's got the victory. That's too bad that that guy's not on the team anymore. You can miss one, but not two. Sorry. Oh, Geno Smith <laughs> is celebrating. Pete Carroll celebrating. Seattle is celebrating a victory over their former hero, Russell Wilson. Yeah. They popping champagne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it looked good for a little bit there, but it had a curl to the left. And the uh, Seahawk fans are celebrating. Wow. That's right. quite the shock. Wow. Amazing. Good thing I didn't put any money on that game. I would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, Jesus. You just never know, eh? Holy God. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. Okay, let's uh let's turn our attention to the AFC. We have covered some of those games because there have been some AFC teams playing some NFC, but uh, why don't we start with the AFC East? And um the Dolphins and Bills are both one and oh. Uh, the Jets are 0 and 1, and the Patriots are 0 and 1. Um, I want to talk about the Dolphins beating the Patriots. Um, interdivisional game, uh, so important. Nice to be able to stuff Bill Belichick and get him down to 0 and 1 right off the bat. Uh, the Dolphins looked in phenomenal and were able to really just completely shut down the, the Patriots' offense and give them, give them nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. They they shut them down. Tua played great. And I did not know this. Tua is undefeated against Bill Belichick. Yeah. He is undefeated right now. I, I don't I don't I don't know if there's any other quarterback that can might, say that. There might not be. There might like, not I, be. Yeah. I think that, I think he's the only guy. So hopefully he can keep that streak going until hopefully he retires and he will hey Bill. Remember that game way you never beat me. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Be able to be able to say that to the old Bill Belichick uh, every time you run into him. Uh, never beat me, man. Never yeah. beat me. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, fantastic. Looks like he he's he's become acclimated, adjusted to his new team. Eight receptions, ninety-four yards, and uh, Waddle four receptions, sixty-nine yards, and the touchdown. Ah, uh, man, like I I. I like that. I like Miami. I like yeah. the Dolphins. I like how yeah. they look. I, I think they could be a dark horse in the NFL this year. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, an amazing running attack. I can't believe all the running backs that they've got from other teams. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, uh, Cedric Wilson, all those guys um, you know, were great in the backfield. They even got Waddle and Tyreek Hill some carries uh, and around sweeps and things. Uh, very good offensive uh performance and yeah yeah i i i was super impressed with the dolphins and yeah uh, you know now that two is healthy uh he's got these weapons uh one of the catches tyreek hill made was just amazing he just wrenched it out of the other guy's hands it was pretty much thrown uh to the defensive player and he just uh, physically pulled it away from him and and took off running uh yeah uh, uh tyreek hill is a force and yeah, I definitely was kidding earlier <laughs> saying Mahomes is like Tyreek who no, but um, yeah, big big acquisition for the Dolphins and and Tua is just gonna love throwing to him all year. Yeah, Tua is gonna love that, love the fact that um, he's got uh, real speed uh, on his side now with a receiver that is just well, literally he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, and unfortunately for the Patriots, ah, the Patriots got some offensive line troubles, man. Yeah, Jones was sacked twice, and unfortunately suffered a back injury as well from one of those sacks. So that's not good. That's no. not a good start. No, that's tough. Um, yeah, I do want to go quickly over the uh, injury report um, at the end of this because man, there's a lot of players yeah. that are injured. Uh, man, uh, I think way more than normal. Uh, what we would see on a week one. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel bad for. Uh, for a lot of guys to uh, only play one game the season and look like some of those are season-ending injuries. So, 
Uh, okay, so we've talked about uh, the other three teams in the AFC East. Uh, the only team we haven't talked about are the Jets, and uh, they had a, a loss to the Baltimore Ravens, 24 to 9. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens were, you know, at a contract impasse this offseason. A lot of people are really shocked that uh, contract was not done, and uh, I think. Uh, Baltimore's gonna the organization's gonna regret not signing this guy because he's probably gonna garner even more millions and more millions and more millions uh, as the season progresses getting into next year uh, he's probably gonna be getting like 55 60 million a year it's gonna be crazy um he looked great as usual and um yeah they got a they got a nice one to start the year they got a great win to start the year I like I love the fact that Lamar is not phased by any of his contract negotiation stuff. No. I love the fact that because I, I believe he knows it's like I'm that good. Yeah. So only thing that's actually gonna happen here is you're gonna have to pay me more money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. Yeah. Holy it's God. A brilliant move on his part. Brilliant. Yeah. All he has to do is just kind of sit back and just, you know, play the game and win. Yeah. And and you know what? Anytime you play the Jets, well, that's a good day. That's, a good day. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Jets just still look bad. <laughs> um, okay, let's turn to the AFC West. Uh, we have talked about the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, and uh, let's talk about the other matchup in the West, the Chargers and the Raiders interdivisional matchup. Uh, Chargers were able to pull out a 24-19 win. Um, yeah, it was a tight game, but uh, um, yeah, Chargers uh, ended up being the better team and getting a, a much needed victory to start off the season. And he Herbert looked phenomenal, he yeah. looked he looked awesome like 26 to 34, 279 yards, three touchdowns, managed the game per- perfectly, took his shots when he needed to, and yeah. It, he, he was just – it was like a flawless performance. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, in one of his top receivers, Keenan uh, Allen, four receptions, 66 yards, but left the game with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Which might not be very good. No. Yeah, he came up pulling, uh, came up lame, uh, grabbed it uh, right away before he exited the field. And and um, he's been just an amazing force for him the last few seasons. and. Um, yeah, this is a big blow. Hopefully he's not out very long, but, uh, uh, yeah, other guys are going to have to step up. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the performance by Herbert, um, a lot of people expect him to be an MVP candidate this year, like he was last year. And I thought he managed the game, uh, really, really well. Um, the Chargers defense was a big key to this victory too. They, uh, intercepted Derek Carr three times and, uh, we're in his face quite a bit. Uh, throughout this game, yeah, yeah, uh, the Chargers, uh, their defense played very, very well. Khalil Mack, three sacks. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I always, I always look at Khalil Mack and I go, why does everybody just give this guy away? Like, right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's insane. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was blown away when he uh, left Vegas. And, uh, you know, when Chicago gives up on him, too, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy is a massive force, and uh, he was uh, giving, giving Carr tons of trouble all game. Uh, when J.C. Jackson comes back, too, uh, this team is really stacked in, uh, defensively, and they look amazing. 
Uh, Devontae Adams had a great game. Could yep. not uh, single-handedly win the game himself, but 10 catches for 141 yards and a touchdown. What more can you ask from a guy from his first game uh, in a Raiders uniform? No, no, man. He, he did great. So, obviously, uh, him and Carr, they still have some chemistry there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good to know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, I'm just going to have to – I'm going to have to point to this because I like doing this. Um, again, Rogers is probably looking at Adams going, oh, so he can still play. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's got to frustrate a guy like that. Yeah, it's got to be so frustrating for quarterbacks when, you know, some of the best players in the league uh, leave and and continue, you know, great play uh, elsewhere. It's got to be just brutal. It's got to be brutal. Oh, it's, it's super brutal, right? Like, it's just like, oh, no. Did you guys think he would fall off a cliff? I knew we wouldn't. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's still really good. But and it, it yeah, ended up with Carr, 22 of 37, 295 yards, two TDs, but three interceptions. Uh, not great. Not no, great. That's tough. Um, yeah, I uh yeah, I, I love seeing Derek Carr and Devontae Adams uh, reunited. Uh they they played college together and they had amazing chemistry there, but They've really kept in close contact ever since, have been really close buddies. And um, I think Derek Carr has always just hoped that at some point uh, they could find him, they could get him there. And I, I know how absolutely thrilled he must be because, uh, you know, Devontae Adams is one of the greatest receivers to ever lace him up. And, and uh, yeah, he's still in his prime. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, uh, I think uh, Carr goes to bed every night now and goes, thank you, God. I knew you'd hear me. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. You, you've you answered my prayers. <laughs> and I only had the one. I just <laughs> thank <laughs> God. Yeah, I just kept, kept giving that one prayer every night, every night, and every night. <laughs> finally, he listened. Yeah, finally he listened. He's just like, yes, all right. <laughs> By the way, and then he goes to his coaches and his, like, you know, the, the Raiders organization saying, by the way, we can never get rid of this guy. Yeah. Whatever he needs to be paid, we pay him because yeah. we're Vegas. We got a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah, they they I, they need to keep that guy. I, oh, yeah. I would be shocked if he ever plays for another team because, man, uh, they've got a gem there. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to play for another team. I think the Raiders are smart enough, like Green Bay, and say, yeah, yeah, no, I think he's good. Like forever, yeah, yeah. That's it. Lifetime contract. I, I'm I'm just getting him to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, do never play for another organization. Just stay here, please. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the smart play. Smart yeah. Play. Um. Okay. Uh. AFC North. Uh. Steelers, Ravens, and Browns are all zero and one, and the Bengals are in the rear. Oh, I, I mean, did I say zero and one? They're all one and zero, and the Bengals are zero and one. Um. Mm-hmm. Kind of a change where Bengals have been pretty uh, pretty great uh, going all the way to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, this Steelers-Bengals game was crazy, though. One of the wildest games I ever remember watching. Uh, they The Bengals had an opportunity to win on about three occasions, uh, could not pull it off. Uh, they had their long snapper get hurt. And uh, that's usually not a guy that uh, gets any press. He's kind of the invisible man on a 53-man roster, but uh, Clark Harris got a bicep tear, was not able to snap the ball anymore. 
Mitchell Wilcox, one of the backup tight ends, had to come in to be that guy. He messed up uh, on a couple of occasions. They missed the extra point to take the win in regulation. Uh, he snapped the ball too late on a field goal to win the game in overtime. And uh, Steelers pulled out a, a really, really crazy game. Steelers should have won this game going away. They had uh, five turnovers by Joe Burrow, four picks, and a fumble. Um, this would have been, if the Bengals would have pulled off this win, it would have been the first win in 10 years with a team that was minus five in the turnover differential. So uh, Seattle, uh, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh should have easily, easily won this game. But uh, it was crazy back and forth affair. And it almost ended in a tie. Pittsburgh was able to finally get a field goal right at the end of overtime to pull out the win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, <laughs> it was the Bengals just couldn't find a way to win. <laughs> they, they found a way to lose. They, yeah. they did that. They did that part very well, Tough. but they could not. They could not, for the life of them, find a way to win. And unfortunately, Burrow did himself no favors. Three hundred thirty-eight yards, two touchdowns, but four, four interceptions. Yeah, not good. And a fumble. And uh, fumble. Yeah, and a fumble. So five turnovers really attributed to him. Um, mm. In the Super Bowl, uh, the Rams. Easily dispatched Cincinnati, and it was because of a poor offensive line that Cincinnati had. And Cincinnati's offensive line was really bad all season last year, but Joe Burrow just overcame that somehow. Uh, but they revamped it. They got some really, really good pieces this uh, offseason and, and to and solidify that offense, but they gave up seven sacks. They uh, Joe Burrow was in trouble the whole entire game. I'm not sure what happened game plan scheme wise, why these guys weren't protecting him, but uh, they got to go back to the drawing board and uh, do some adjustments because uh, this this game really was lost in those trenches. That offensive line let Joe Burrow down. Yeah, they let him down. Um, TJ Watt was a terror until he wasn't. Unfortunately, yeah. because no, again, he's another again, another guy that left the game with a really bad injury, pectoral tear. Yeah. He's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That was brutal for Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, they're uh, you know probably the second best defense player last year. Last yeah. few years, he's been one of those forces, and um, yeah, that was tough to see. Uh, he he got a penalty on the play even. And uh, Jesus, yeah, he looked like he was in a lot of discomfort. And if if it's torn as badly as it looked, uh, yeah, he could be gone the entire season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he looked like he was in a tremendous amount of distress. And uh, like, and if it's a like a clean tear, like a hundred percent, that yeah, that the season's over. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon uh, touched the ball 34 times uh, in this game and, uh, you know, was one of the guys that they uh, were really relying on to pull up this victory. Jamar Chase had a phenomenal game, 10 catches, 129 yards and a touchdown. But um, Pittsburgh gets a big win, an unexpected win. I think most people had the Bengals winning this quite easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most I, I thought that the Bengals would uh... – go away winning this game because, you know, I I put Burrow ahead of Trubisky on my quarterback scale, like on who's better. 
Yeah, I think I I just think my opinion Burrow's better. Yeah, yeah. Well, when Ben Roethlisberger retired um, this past off season, I think they thought that you know they're going to have to rebuild here in Pittsburgh. Um, they were able to get a guy who's you know been in there. Uh, you know, he's a veteran guy, and uh, you know I I don't think people you know thought that uh, he would be able to bring them much, but um, yeah, I think that they had a really balanced attack. Uh, good to see our Abbotsford boy there, uh, yeah. Chase Claypool. He got uh, six cool. carries, six yards uh, per rush, and uh, four catches as well. Uh, Najee Harris had a pretty good game until he got hurt. Uh, he's another yeah. guy uh, that was a big blow, and uh, that'll be tough. Uh, you know, they're, they're number one running back and their number one pass rush, both out in injuries uh, after week one. This uh could be really, really, really tough for this for the Steelers to um, yeah overcome. It, it's it's brutal getting those two guys injured right off the hop. Yeah, you know, like and also too, they're both leaders on their respective sides of the ball for defense and offense. So you lose guys like that. Yeah, not not a great start for the Steelers for sure. No. Okay, uh, that's taking care of the AFC North. We only have one division left. This is the AFC South. Uh, this is a weird, weird, weird division. This is going to be tough all year. Uh, there's two teams leading the division with a tie, and we got the Titans and the Jags holding up the rear with losses. So nobody got a win on opening weekend. Uh, this Texans-Colts game, uh, weird. Uh, ties I hate. I can't stand ties. Uh, we only had, I think, one last year all season. We almost had a couple yesterday, but... Um, yeah. What do you think when uh, uh, teams can't get it done? It almost seemed like they were playing for a tie uh, at, in overtime there. This was a strange one. Yeah, it seemed like it was kind of conservative. I don't know. Like the overtime calls were on both sides of the ball, like where it's just like, so nobody really wants to win the game, but nobody really wants to lose the game. So, yeah. We're gonna go play for the tie. Like it, it, it was odd. It was it was an odd state of affairs. I thought Maddie Ryan played well. You know, passed the. I, I'm gonna be honest. I I didn't expect him to pass the ball as much as he did. No, 50 attempts. That's uh, amazing. I really thought Jonathan Taylor would have been the guy to have the ball. He oh, actually, Jonathan Taylor had 31 carries. So you know, yeah. yeah. And Pittman had uh, you know nine catches. So, but uh, yeah, that's an amazing game plan for. Uh, Old Matty Ice there uh, throwing the ball 50 times at 352 yards through the air. Uh, you know, that's a that, that's a really solid game. Yeah, that, that was a solid game. So, and that's why I was surprised that he he, he, he passed it that much yeah. because it's not like they didn't give the ball to Taylor. They gave the ball to Taylor a lot. Yeah. And, and he produced 31 carries, 161 yards, one touchdown. Like he 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 did what he was supposed to do. So I don't know if this is this is going to be like the same thing for them going forward in the weeks ahead, but I I kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of like I kind of well, like seeing old man Matty Ice just just spin it. Yeah, call it. That was yeah, pretty impressive. Very cool. Yeah, good to see. Uh, yeah, Houston. I I think they're still in rebuilding mode. Uh, you know, this team has has you know been pretty terrible for the last few seasons, and uh, you know I did not expect them to. Uh, give the Colts uh, much trouble here, but uh, we got a tie to start it off. Um, it's funny. Uh, there's four teams in the South. Uh, the, the most 
that was scored by any of those four was by the Jags, 22. Uh, the Titans also uh, got 20 points and, and had their loss. Uh, really weird to see the Jags have the most points so far in that division, um, but they are trailing uh, at 0-1, so... Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, pretty wild uh, first week. Uh, yeah, all in all, what'd you think? Oh no, I thought it was good. It was a good week. Good week one. You know, they you know they had some overtime games. They had some weirdness. Tie, cool. Throw that in there. You know, and then yeah. uh, we saw some teams too that were like, okay, well, we thought they were going to be good. They are good. Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. And uh, the Rams. You know what? It's one game. Whatever. Let's see what they do for the next couple. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's see. Um, so yeah, let's uh let's look ahead a little bit to next week. Uh, our game on Thursday has the Chargers and Chiefs, uh, battle of two titans, uh, two teams that are expected to go really far and be, uh, you know, in the mix uh, for the Super Bowl title this year. Um, very looking forward to this one. Oh, that's gonna be a great game. That's going to be a fantastic game because you have two young up-and-coming studs of quarterbacks uh, going up against each other and uh, two very good defenses. I, 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 I look forward to this game. I think it's going to be a close affair, and it should be stellar. Yeah, stellar. yeah. I think it's going to be great. Uh, we've got uh, the Bears and Packers, uh, the oldest rivalry in football. Uh, great to see those two teams go together. Uh, the Titans, Bills, really looking forward to that matchup. I, I think uh, you know, I, I, I love both those teams offensively. They're both great, and uh, that'll be a heck of a matchup next Monday. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the next Monday night, a uh, week from now. Yeah, um, I, I believe in that game, the Titans are probably going to be beating Derrick Henry the ball a little bit more than they did in this previous uh, week. Yeah. I think they, I think they're going to uh, put him in the spotlight, you know, and be like, "Here's the ball, run over everybody." Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, there's two Monday night Monday nighters next week. Uh, the Titans and the Bills start at uh, 4:15 uh, Pacific time, and the Vikings and the Eagles uh, kick off at 5:30 Pacific time. Uh, very weird. Uh, we don't really yeah. see uh, two games on Monday very often. No, that's that's that doesn't happen too often. So obviously there must be a scheduling thing going on there. Maybe actually now that I think about it, it might have to do with uh, the teams that have to go overseas because now they do that all the time and they play in England, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it might have something to do with that. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go over uh, injury reports a little bit. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, as I mentioned, he had thumb surgery on Monday. It was successful. Uh, they're trying to look for him to return between week eight and week 10. Um, that, that's tough. Uh, they also lost their, uh, offensive guard, Connor McGovern. He suffered a high ankle sprain. Um, they think that it's going to be at least, a week or two before he goes back. So, um, yeah, does that immediately sink Dallas? Uh, Cooper Rush is uh, okay quarterback, but uh, I just don't think uh, he's, you know, at, at the same level as Dak. And uh, that was the number one offense in the league last year. Three points with Dak there. 
He's gone now. Uh, are, are Cowboys in serious trouble? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think their situation is good. <laughs> I don't think it's good at all. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're, they're worried. They're worried. Hopefully, yeah. Cooper Rush can keep them at a 500 level as they try to muddle through it, and then hopefully, Dak is able to come back at some point in time this season. But it, you know what? That even that's not that's not guaranteed either. So, no. yeah, not not. It doesn't look good in Big D. Not good, not good at all. No, um, Kansas City is very banged up. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a uh, left wrist problem. Juju Smith Schuster has a shoulder uh, issue. Uh, also, one of their wideouts, Justin Watson, has a chest uh, injury. The offensive tackle, Orlando Brown, uh, knee injury, cornerback Trent McDuffie, hamstring problem, and Harrison Butker, their kicker, uh, has is gimpy with a left ankle uh, injury. So, um, man, uh, Kansas City's very banged up. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of injuries, man. And that, that's not great, and especially with Mahomes, because you never want to see that guy have anything wrong with him, ever. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Hey? Yeah, he had such a phenomenal game. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this left uh, wrist injury is in trouble. Uh, we mentioned Keenan Allen. Uh, he will have an MRI. It might have been today. I haven't seen the report uh, come out from it, but um, uh, he probably will not play this week uh, with the Thursday game. They'll probably err on the side of caution and keep him out uh, this Thursday. Uh, we'll see, um, yeah, what comes out from the MRI. Yeah, yeah, that that would be the smart play. Keep him out and uh, see see where he's at after uh, the week two game. Yeah, uh, JC Jackson. I mentioned him. Uh, their cornerback. Uh, they say he has a fifty fifty shot at playing on Thursday. Um, they said that um, he still has a little bit of discomfort in his ang- ankle. He underwent surgery on August 23rd, um, so not very long ago. Uh, yeah, we'll see if um, yeah he's able to suit up on Thursday. Uh, quick turnaround, like I mentioned. And they have one more banged-up guy, uh, Donald Parham. Their tight end has also has a hamstring trouble, a hamstring injury. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's never fun going through the injury report. Especially like on week one, where you're like, "Oh, that team kind of got decimated." That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we mentioned Philadelphia Eagles with that big 38-35 win, and they looked phenomenal. Uh, unfortunately, their defensive end Derek Barnett so- suffered a torn ACL, and he'll be missing the entire 2022 season. Um, he has been uh, an amazing pass rusher, uh, really great defense. Um, since his rookie season, he's accumulated 21 and a half sacks, 36 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, and and three fumble recoveries in the past five years. Uh, really good force. So that's a tough loss for them. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I mentioned Najee Harris. Uh, he's dealing with foot injury. Um, he had a Liz Frank sprain in the in training camp. And we talked about Liz Frank uh, earlier in the season. Nathan Rourke, the BC Lions, QB, was um, out with that. Uh, another guy, uh, 
had that injury, had to have surgery on it. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, it's not something else. It's maybe just a re-aggravation of that, and uh, he can get back uh, playing very soon. Yeah, but, you know, with that particular injury, if they rush him, it's just going to get worse. Yes. So they're, they're going to have to exercise some patience with that injury with him and uh, give him time to heal. Yeah, yeah. Um, we mentioned TJ Watt. Um, he'll have the MRI today. Haven't heard the results yet. Um, they're going to try to figure out if he'll need season-ending surgery or he can rehab the injury and, and come back this year. So um, the only other th thing I want to mention is um, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Chris Godwin, Godwin uh, could be sidelined for a few weeks. He suffered a hamstring, hamstring sprain. Um, they don't think it's major, so we probably could see him back in a week or two. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a very extensive injury report today. Uh, the hospitals all around were, uh, yeah, inundated with, uh, NFL football players from, from week one. Um, hopefully that's the worst injury re report we're going to see for many weeks. That would be nice. That would be nice if it was, because that was a, that was a lot of guys. Yeah. That went down a lot of guys. <laughs> Okay, um, let's jump into the UFC. We had UFC 279, uh, the 25th consecutive sellout for the UFC. Uh, we had it in uh, T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Um, very weird. Uh, they had a canceled press conference because of a bit of a brawl between a bunch of guys. And then all of a sudden, everybody decided, ah, oh, we're not cutting weight. Forget this. I'm going to just show up. However heavy I feel like, and uh, USC had to do some major scrambling and changing fights, and and uh, it kind of ended up being maybe a better card in the end that uh, from the one they had, uh, the USC really, really, really tried to send Nate Diaz out on a terrible loss and uh, have no value, a, an original gangster, a guy that's built this organization they were doing them dirty and it bit him in the butt they weren't able to do them like they wanted to he was able to get the big victory over tony ferguson and go out in glory he's a free man he wanted to be a free man he's a free man uh be able to always say that he won his last ufc fight and um it was great really great uh, turn of events good to see uh one of the guys that really, you know, is important to the sport, built the sport, and um, has become, you know, one of the faces of MMA. Uh, very good turn of events. Uh, you and I were both happy that he got the win. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic on the way that it turned for him. Yeah. Because, you know, karma is a, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And they tried to do that to him. And their, and their golden boy, Kazmat, didn't make weight. Yes, that was the first time he's ever missed, but I'm sure they were absolutely surprised that he didn't make the weight yeah. because that blew up all of their plans to lessen his uh, monetary value as he left their organization. Yeah. Because what happened instead. Sorry. Sorry about that. Okay. What happened instead was 
it upped his monetary value with him yeah. defeating Andy Ferguson the way that he did in the fourth round via guillotine choke. So I could be happier for Nate. I hope he goes off and makes himself a ton of money. Yeah. And if he deems to grace the UFC with his presence again, well, it ain't going to be cheap. No, not no. at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I saw some of the purse payouts. Um, supposedly, Nate ended up uh, making seven million five hundred and fifty thousand for his uh, work on on Saturday night. Uh, four <laughs> rounds of action and uh, set a little over seven and a half million dollars. Pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Well, first off, you you got to give credit to his agent because he's just like, oh, oh you know all that nonsense he tried to do with Chabaya. Well, if you want us to still fight, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? And <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier for him yeah. because I'm sure initially that was not the money he was going to get paid. He was probably not going to get anywhere near that much. Yeah. Uh, Tony Ferguson did really well, too. Moved up from the coal main to the main. Uh, $6,160,000. Uh, so pretty <laughs> nice, uh, pretty nice payday for Tony, even though he's on a Five fight losing streak now. Uh, that six million dollars is definitely going to go a lo long way to healing the, the the punishment and the bruises that he took on Saturday night. It will. And on top of that, hey, he was. I thought that fight was super close, yeah. and I thought with the the leg kicks that he was accumulating, the damage because Diaz was beginning to labor on his lead leg, especially, he had a chance to win that fight until he got caught. Sure. And yeah. like he was right there in that fight. Yeah. Uh his corner was yelling for that takedown. Uh when he went for the takedown, uh DS uh, sunk in the uh, guillotine choke and, and and was able to get the top, but um yeah, I don't know why his corner was calling for that cuz um he was doing so much damage to Diaz um on the feet, especially with the kicks. Uh he was wearing him down and I think, you know, he probably was only a couple kicks away from uh you know putting that leg out of commission and uh, could have got that win. I, I think yeah, he's going to regret it. Uh, I think they made a mistake uh, calling for the, the takedown and, and he got caught. Yeah, because I thought what he was doing was brilliant because that's one of Nate's weaknesses is his legs. Doesn't yeah. check leg kicks very well and he doesn't take leg kicks very well. Yeah. He just doesn't. He doesn't have the body for it. And so I thought Ferguson just keeps up with that attack Eventually, Nate won't be able to even stand up on his legs. Yeah. If he get, if he made it to the fifth round and he kept chopping away at those legs, man, Nate was going to be in some serious trouble. Yeah, serious trouble. Uh, you know, I re reiterate, uh, great to see Nate get this victory. Uh, you know, one of those guys that's been around forever. Uh, you know, thirty-seven years old. Uh, when he got that late-notice fight to fight Conor McGregor, uh, he was able to. And, you know, get the victory over Connor. Nobody had beaten Connor yet in MMA. Uh, he's uh, you know was able to get that BMF opportunity against Jorge Masvidal. Has uh you know looked really good. Uh, at the very end of that Leon Edwards fight, almost had him knocked out at the end of that fight. Has uh, been in some fights and had some losses, but didn't seem to diminish his popularity and uh, you know the draw that he was always there. Uh, he was really clamoring for his last fight on his contract. He had been bugging the UFC for a really long time, and they strung him out, strung him out, strung him out. He he went to social media 
uh, weeks and months and months all the time was asking, hey, can I get a fight? Can I get my last fight? I want to end this contract and I'm done. And it was almost a year since his last fight. They were about to uh, lose him uh, because they have that year. If they don't give him a fight, he's able to walk away from the contract. Uh, they gave him it. And they wanted to hand it to a guy that's younger, meaner, stronger. And uh, they almost uh, got their wish. He said, sure, I'll take him. Take anybody. Uh, called their bluff. And I'm glad it worked out that he didn't have to fight him because Kamzat is on a meteoric rise. Uh, he just walked through Kevin Holland. I feel kind of bad for Kevin Holland uh, having to um, you know, get that late change. Uh, he's a gamer and a warrior, but... Uh, it was a mismatch there. Well, yeah, of course, because Holland was getting ready to fight Rodriguez. Yeah. That is not Kazmat Chemayev, yeah. right? Like the way that he would have had to trade for Chemayev would have been way different. Yeah, way different. Well, right? Yeah. And so for him to even take that fight, I give Holland a, a ton of credit. I hope they compensated him well. Yeah. Really, really well. Yeah. Because it's like, huh, dude, like that's that is not the guy I trained for. Because like your training would be completely different. Because just look at what he did. He ragdolled him. I thought that Holland did great at trying to create scrambles to get away mm -hmm. from him. Yeah, and sure. it just didn't matter. He yeah. floated and flowed with him until finally stayed on him until he got that Dars choke. And then even then, Holland was fighting like hell to get out of that. Just stayed with it, stayed with it, and stayed, yeah. and then got him. Boom. Done. Yeah, got him, yeah. So what does the UFC do with uh, Kamzat Chemayev now? Um, he's He was kind of in line to go after the belt. He might not be able to be in that weight class because he, you know, he weighed in eight and a half pounds where he would have. You know, had to be fighting for a belt. Um, does he go up to 185? Do they make a catch weight so that he can fight there all the time? Or uh, do they give him one last opportunity to fight at 170? They probably give him, they probably will give him one last chance to fight at 170 to see if he can do it with proper dieting and everything else. But if he can't make it this time around, if he can't do that again, or he puts his, uh, his personal safety at risk, that's why the, the um uh, the uh, athletic the commission athletic there, the doctor, and yeah, yeah, the doctor yeah. said that you have to stop cutting weight because now it's being completely unsafe. So if he can do that, then yes, they'll let him continue to fight at one seventy. I just don't know if he can because you saw what he looked like at one seventy eight. Yeah. Did it look like he had anything more to lose? Nothing more. Didn't look like he had anything more to lose to me. No, not at all. No, no. I, you're, I agree. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, he can get down to that weight anymore. I, I just don't think it's possible. So, uh, I think. Um, yeah, move up would make sense. Uh, there was a lot of talk that if he does stay, uh, maybe he'll fight Colby Covington next. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's the right one because, uh, he has kind of become a heel. He's kind of become a guy that's. Um, a lot of people don't like anymore. Uh, when a guy misses weight that badly, uh, a lot of people say it's very unprofessional. Uh, he didn't seem uh, the least bit sad about it, sorry about it. He joked around. He seemed happy. He didn't seem like he was willing to 
admit that it was, uh, you know, not a, a very professional move. And uh, I think a lot of people are really angry with him right now. Yeah, it would be, it would be interesting if you just had two villains just fight each other. I guess because then it, it, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's like, ah, it doesn't really matter who wins. <laughs> right. I don't like either of these dudes. But for me, I would love to see that fight because what I would I what I really want to see is who's the better wrestler? Yeah. Who's the better grappler? Like, would one of those guys actually dominate the other? Right. I would love to I, I really want to know that answer. Yeah, I'd love to see that fight too. Yeah, I hope they make that happen. But we'll see. He's a golden boy. Uh he can't do no wrong in Dana's eyes right now, it seems like. And uh yeah, look out. Um, yeah, he, he really dominated Holland and, and uh, took that victory. We'll see. Um, uh, okay, so we mentioned the uh, the top two fights. The third fight was also changed. Um, Daniel Rodriguez and Li Jing Liang. Uh, most people think that Li won that decision. It was a bit of a controversial decision. Daniel Rodriguez ended up having... Two judges giving him 29-28 scorecards, and he got the win. I feel a little bit bad for Lee. Uh, he also was expecting somebody totally different and uh, had to be handed this guy. And also, Rodriguez was 10 pounds lighter. I mean, 10 pounds heavier when they uh, weighed in. So um, a little bit unfair for Lee here. Hopefully, he was compensated as well. Yeah, no, hopefully he was because, uh, yeah, he, he had to fight the bigger man. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, Lee's um, combinations that he was putting together looked great. He looked great on his feet. And and obviously, he had the superior speed over Rodriguez. Um, it was a back-and-forth affair. It was super close. Yeah. But I, like yourself, because we were watching it together, I thought, I thought uh, uh, Lee had a step on Rodriguez for that entire fight. Yeah. I, I thought he was a step ahead. Um, but uh, I guess apparently the two judges did not think the way that we did. So, yeah. yeah. Um, this was a very weird card because we have four catchweight uh, t- fights on this card. Uh, there was a lot of fighters that did not make weight. Uh, Chris Barnett is one of the uh, only uh, is only the second heavyweight fighter ever to not make two sixty five. Uh, there was about, uh, I'd say about six fighters didn't make weight on this card. So this is not good. This is very unprofessional and strange. And I think the UFC has to start implementing some very, very strict, uh, penalties, suspensions, uh, fines, a lot of things that have to come in place because, um, you know, this isn't fair for a lot of these fighters, uh, Macy chase on. Uh, came to uh, Irene Aldana's camp uh, the day before the weigh-ins and said she's not making 135, she's 142, and she might not even be able to make 140. Uh, Aldana had to say, um, geez, well, um, you know, I, I want to fight. I was here to fight. My whole camp's ready. Uh, her her uh, main coach said, hey, you fight bigger fighters in the gym all the time. She mostly fights men. And, uh, you know, said, you know, you can be able to handle this. Uh, She said in that second round, she could see the huge difference between Macy Chase on. Uh, But in that third round, she was able to get uh, an amazing heel kick while she was on the ground and absolutely shattered 
Macy Chason's liver. Uh, you and I have never seen that. I don't know who has, but uh, what an incredibly well-placed heel right into the to, to the liver to uh, really shut down Macy Chason and get the victory here. Yeah, it it was completely unexpected. We've seen we've seen a lot of fighters be on the ground and they do their up kicks and stuff. And if they get lucky, maybe they catch the guy in the face and knock him out. We've seen that, yeah. but not a leg kick to the liver that shuts the opponent down and the fight is over immediately. Yeah, that was amazing. I like yeah. I I was I was I was shocked. Yeah, I think uh, nobody really knew what was going on. We, uh, you know, sir, we had to watch replays. Uh, at first, I thought there was maybe a broken rib, and it just, uh, you know, incapacitated her. But after we got to see the close-up replays and stuff, uh, we all realized that it was just a super well-placed. Uh, she said she aimed for it. She said she aims for it in the gym and and tries to do it to people. Uh, she said that's that, that was what I wanted to do, and uh, it was uh, an amazing, amazing victory for her. And uh, good honor uh, was very bad poor uh, sportsmanship for Chase on to be able to be uh, seven pounds too heavy. And uh, you know, I, I hope Aldana got uh, yeah, as I said, very well compensated for fighting the much bigger fighter and getting the getting the win there. Uh, she got 50k for um, getting uh, one of the fights of the night, and uh, it was good. Um, okay, the light heavyweight battle between Johnny Walker and Eon Kutilaba, the Hulk. Um, yeah, great victory by Walker. Uh, he was in trouble uh, over his last few fights. Uh, has you know really started taking some losses, but uh, big victory here to uh, uh, start the main card. Yeah, huge victory. Um, because you know, with the way that started Kudalaba, which I was expecting, got Walker to the ground, but Walker immediately paddled back to his feet and then took Kudalaba to the ground, which I was surprised at. I was like, Oh, yeah. he's not gonna just try to stand and bang, he's gonna take him to the ground. Yeah. Then got his back and then just worked it until he got the rear naked choke and then he got the win. Like I I was impressed by the speed of which he took Kudalaba out. Because Kudalaba is not an easy out whatsoever. No, no he's tough. Yeah, he's, he's super tough, tough and good on the ground. And um, I think that's Johnny Walker's only his second submission victory of his career and uh, unexpected. Uh, if you would have put some money on that, uh, you would have got some, I think, a big payout. So uh, good on Johnny uh, continuing his career and uh, got the victory. Um, preliminary card. Uh, the featured fight uh, was the Canadian Hakeem Dawadu out of Calgary against Julian Juicy J. Arosa. Uh, Dawadu, another guy that uh, did not come in uh, on weight. Um, Julian Arosa really made him pay for that. Uh, wow, he looked so good. Incredibly crisp stand-up game. Uh, amazing performance. Uh, this was a one-sided fight. Uh, it went to decision, but um, Arosa was by far the better fighter on this night. By far, he was the better fighter on that night. I think Dowdu, I think he had a horrible weight cut. I think he was definitely affected by that when he fought Arosa. He didn't seem like the same Dowdu that we've seen fight before. And Arosa definitely upped his game. Yeah. Uh, anytime that he was in the clinch, he did great work in the clinch. Dirty boxing, uppercuts, knees up against the fence. Um, and then when he met, was able to take Dawudu down, he controlled him. He controlled um, him. He managed to get his back. 
threatened with the rear naked choke numerous times in the second second round, and I believe in the third as well. Um, Arosa did fantastic work in this fight. Best I've ever seen. Yeah, super impressive. Incredible. Great performance. Best I've ever seen him by far, too. Yeah. Um, okay, we also had another catchweight fight. Uh, this is the fourth one on this card. Uh, Jelton Almeida uh, welcomes in uh, Swedish fighter Anton Turkaj. Um, this was a yeah, definitely a one-sided affair, too. Almeida got 50K for his submission victory. Uh, was able to get a rear naked choke, flatten out Turkash, and uh, get the uh, yeah get the tap to get the win. Pure and utter dominance. Uh, Turkash was not on this guy's level. He was not on the Almeida's level. Definitely not in the grappling, not in the jiu-jitsu, not not on any ground stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Almeida just ragdolled him. Managed to get worked it. Slowly but carefully, managed to get the rear naked choke, got the win in the first round. Yeah. Giving him his first uh, loss and, uh, yeah, huge step up in competition. Uh, Almeida is a physical specimen and looked amazing. And, uh, yeah, that w- this was kind of a one-sided fight. Uh, the fight between uh, Dennis Tululin and Jamie Pickett uh, was going along pretty good. Both fighters were pretty even, I thought. Uh, and then Pickett got uh, took a low blow. Uh, took a second low blow and had a point taken away. Uh, Tululin had a point taken away for that second low blow. Uh, it made him go, oh, I better turn on uh, the Jets right now. And uh, immediately went after Pickett, got the KO victory. And, uh, yeah, it just lit a fire under him immediately. Yeah, it did. And that fire came in the in the, in the form of elbows. And he eventually dropped him with a wicked elbow. Pickett managed to get up, then dropped dropped again by a knee, round and pound, done. Yeah, yeah. great win by Tululin, but uh, those elbows came uh, with some ferocious vigor to them. I yeah. there, that was, yeah, oh, that was man. yeah, he was, yeah, he was uh, going for the kill. It was, it was impressive, very impressive. Um, okay, the fight that kicked off the prelims was two fat guys fighting each other uh barnett's the as i said the second guy to ever not make weight at at 265 he weighed in 267 and a half collier also one of those guys that uh you know barely can make that 265 weight cut uh but uh this was a hell of a fight uh collier had barnett in all sorts of trouble uh most referees would have called it at some point through the onslaught but Somehow Barnett was able to uh, weather the storm and can't come back and get a, a huge win in the second round. And um, yeah, to much delight of the crowd, super fun guy, really funny. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, two, watching two fat guys fight usually, uh, you know, can get a little bit sad, but uh, this one was pretty entertaining. This one was very entertaining. I, I was super entertained. I, I, I honestly thought Barnett was out of there in the first round. I thought Collier had his number. But again, like you just said, mentioned, he managed to survive it, gets to the second round, gets the win, climbs his way back into the fight, and then dominates the fight at the end and gets the win. And I, I, loved, the, I loved how he celebrated after the win with yeah. his uh, fat guy flip onto his butt. Yeah. So it was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. There was some people concerned uh, that he had some, maybe some nerve damage. His his uh, 
mouth was drooping quite a bit and uh, it looked a little strange. Uh, supposedly he has quite the nasal fracture that might have um, given oh. a little bit of nerve damage maybe to the one side of his face. Uh, supposedly he's maybe going to have to have surgery because uh, the nose was seriously fractured. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess that can happen. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of brutal. It's not good. No, <laughs> not, not good. good. Uh, early prelims, uh, all four decisions really didn't get a chance to see much of it. So, um, uh, yeah, glad you guys, uh, got on there and fought, but, uh, we're going to move on. Talk about next week's card. Uh, we've got uh, Corey Sanhagen against Song Yedong in the bantamweight main event of uh, this UFC Fight Night. Um, tell me what you, uh, yeah, what do you think about this one? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Corey Sanhagen. Uh, this guy's a hell of a fighter. Yeah, he can kind of attack you anywhere and everywhere. Uh, he's dangerous at all aspects of MMA. So. That's gonna be a great. That's gonna be a great fight. I think it's gonna be extremely technical. Song Yudong has a tremendous amount of power in his hands, so he's probably gonna to try to shut out Corey Sanhagen's lights out with his with his hands for sure. But uh, I think Corey's gonna he's gonna be technically savvy. He's always gonna be changing levels, wrestling with him, fighting with him on the feet. He's gonna make him Song Yudong guess at what he's going to do next, yeah. which might make him a little bit more cautious. I think Corey comes out with this win. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, good chance. Uh, we got a Tanner Bolzer sighting. Uh, Tanner's uh, had a few fights scheduled, have been canceled and postponed for numerous reasons, but uh, he's back, uh, friend of the show, and uh, great to see him back at it. Uh, he will be fighting Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira, a Brazilian fighter. Uh, stands at nine and one, and Tanner comes in. Um, yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll get to see the best Tanner Bolzer. Uh, super fast, great heavyweight, uh, out of Edmonton, and um, yeah, I, I love always watching him fight. Yeah, and uh, it, it's been a while since we've seen him fight, yeah. and I'm glad that this uh, this particular fight came up, and it's actually going through for him, and it hasn't been canceled. So, I look forward to seeing him in the octagon again and winning again. Yeah. Uh, gonna, there's a lot of great fights on this card. Enja Kawani against Rodriguez. Love watching Rodriguez. That's a physical specimen that blows me away. Andre Touchy-Feely, always fun. Got another Canadian on the card on the featured prelim. Uh, Mark Andre, the power bar burial. Uh, great to see him always. Uh, Trevin Giles is on this card. Um Lots of uh, yeah, the uh, the prelims are very stacked. We've got another Canadian, Jillian Robertson, there, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm stoked as uh, as always. Uh, man, the the world of mixed martial arts is phenomenal. Uh, every week we're just seeing incredible things. Uh, we had uh, uh, Rocky Edwards uh, becoming the champion in two, about three weeks ago. We had that Paris card. Uh, we had all this craziness in this this week. Uh, this is the greatest sport in the world, and and uh, yeah, I would never miss another card if I was you. And uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, this was fun. I'm glad we could get together and watch it together. It was great to uh, see you on Saturday, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again really soon. 
Oh, we're definitely going to do that again very soon, for sure, because I had a fantastic time. I always have a great time watching fights with you, buddy. And uh, I look forward to um, the next one. I look forward to that. Uh, it will be at some point in time next month. Yeah. We'll see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Actually, that uh, that one, you pointed out how stacked that next uh, Ooh, yeah. uh, pay-per-view is, uh, UFC 280. Uh, with Oliveira, Makachev, and Aljamain, and TJ, uh, Sean O'Malley, and Peter Yan. Oh man, just uh, unreal! Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, let's get some pizza, we'll get some beers, and uh, we'll watch a great uh, pay per view card. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. It's going to be fantastic, it's going to be great. Oh, and we might have to get that other guy come along, uh, that Stefan guy, because he was, I'm just gonna say it, he was begging me. Please, Jason. Please, can <laughs> yeah. I watch fights with you? Please. Yeah. yeah. And and Scott too. Scott said, "Oh, you just have to grapple him, and then he'll come out uh, wherever we want." So uh, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm figuring out the, the dates. It's gonna work for both of you, and I'll uh, I'll put that. I'll promote it. Uh, there'll be a few hundred fans there watching. Uh, all you got to do is just get him into a chokehold, get him to tap, and then he'll come and watch fights with us wherever wherever we tell him to. I think this is going to be great because, like, what what my plan is, is I'm going to attack him from behind, rear naked choke right away. Nice. Because like, like I'll I'll just have a ref say start and say, well, who am I fighting? I'll be right behind. Him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds yeah. good. All yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one now. Oh, I am too. I am too. Because then right. I could be. Raise my hand in victory. Say, I told you I'd beat you. <laughs> yeah, be awesome. Yeah, super cool. Uh, well, you're a trooper for doing this. You were up early. Uh, what time did the alarm go off this morning? Quarter to five. Jesus, wow, you are a super trooper. Can't believe it. it's nine o'clock here. Uh, you got to get some food in you and get to bed. Uh, thanks for doing this, Matt. This was fun. Uh, week one and UFC 279. Uh, Great podcast. Be able. It was really fun to break down both of these. And uh, yeah, I can't believe the NFL's here. And of course, uh, great UFC action all the time. Yeah, man. It's uh, we've we've missed NFL for so long, and mm-hmm. it's always glad. When, I'm always happy when it comes back into my life. And the UFC. Well, apparently the UFC will never leave my life, so that's pretty good. That's a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, and always enjoyable doing this with you, my friend. So you have yourself a great evening. Okay. And I'm going to have a great sleep. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jason. Take care, bud. We'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Bye for now. Bye for now. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, that was great. Oh, geez. I think we might talk for a couple hours there. Uh, thanks for sticking in and watching and listening. Um, want to make sure that I uh, tell you again that uh, this podcast is dedicated to Elias Theodoro, uh, one of the good guys and uh, Canadian mixed martial artists that will not easily be forgotten. Uh, thanks for everything you've done. Uh, it hurt me this uh, today, and, um, yeah, it's going to take a while for me to uh, forget about, uh, about this guy. And, uh, yeah, hope you um, a lot of you got to meet him, uh, yeah, get a chance to um, watch him fight, and um, all the great things that he did in his life. Um, yeah, he's greatly missed. Uh, also want to thank our partners and sponsors. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Anchor FM. Easiest place to make a podcast, just go to anchor.fm 
and they will get you on your road. I want to thank Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And you know, it's the B350 stick that you need to have. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, designers of really incredible West Coast, uh, amazing decor vibes for your home. Uh, check them out on our website. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Uh, you can get those products online uh, on our website uh, for discounted rates. Uh, they are fantastic. So, um, yeah, as I said, thank you for uh, sticking in. Appreciate all your support and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, maybe this week, maybe a little later this week, and definitely a one week from tonight. So love you guys lots. Take care of yourself and uh, bye for now.